Hello and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking and I can already feel my emotions in my chest because this particular episode is going to be probably one of the most difficult ones I've recorded yet. And as you guys know, my stuff is unedited, unfiltered, in the moment. If something, you know, beeps in the background, if I mince my words, I leave it all because I'm just trying to be as real as possible with you guys. Um, And frankly, I wouldn't know the first thing about editing. So uh, there's a laziness component to it. Not going to lie. If I'm honest, I'm honest. Um, But... This particular episode that I'm about to do is going to be one of the hardest. What I love so much about this podcast and what I love so much about the fact that I finally decided to do it is not only the fact that I get to educate you guys on what I've learned as a therapist through all of my training, but I get to share with you guys what I've learned as a human being and I get to be really really real with you guys really authentic and vulnerable and express a lot of my past and present hardships and difficulties so here we go here we go here we go um If you are under the age of 18, please consult your parent or guardian before continuing to listen to any of my podcast episodes, as they all contain mature subjects, adult situations, and at times, mature language and swearing occasionally. I try not to make a habit out of it, but it happens once in a while. Okay, I'm already, like, taking deep breaths. Um, okay. So, I'm going to read you guys something first. And then, um, I'll dive right into the topic. This is a journal entry that I wrote when I was 15 years old. I'm 32 now. I wrote April 7th, 2002. Dear Diary, hey, you know what would be so great if I had a twin? A twin that could be me for a day, but with a different persona. She would be a girl with confidence and a girl with a backbone that would teach all those bullies a good lesson. Spring break is over. Tomorrow I must return to the hellhole that is my high school. Depression is slowly but surely killing me. So, a while back, um, I thought it would be a cool idea to respond to this girl. um, This 15-year-old girl that felt alone and felt so helpless 
and so just out of control that she wanted a twin to basically stand up for herself against the bullies because she felt so powerless to these bullies that she wanted to dream up a twin that could come in and tell them all to go screw themselves, essentially. Something that she was never capable of doing herself. So I responded. Present day Olivia responded. I responded January 4th, 2019. Dear Olivia, Fortunately for you, you don't need a twin. That confident girl with the strong backbone has always existed inside of you. It is just a matter of tapping into that confidence voice and using it every single opportunity you get, loudly and proudly. This helplessness you're describing will cease to exist. You will feel comfortable in your skin because you make an impactful difference in people's lives with every breath you take. You will learn how to stand up against the bullies because sadly, they're not going anywhere. They will resurface throughout your life in similar and different forms because their internal darkness is attracted to your internal light. You will learn that their hatred isn't of you. You will learn their hatred is of themselves and you will wish them well. You will wish them healing. You will learn not to take their attacks of you personally. You will have an amazing support system you can turn to that will provide you with validation and reassurance when you need it. You will not feel as alone as you did back then. You can be sure of this. You will overcome and you will be successful. Signed, you at 32. Anyway... So I guess that little tidbit should give you um, a peek into what I'm about to discuss. Okay, I'm moving this closer to me so you guys might hear noises. My apologies. Um, Whew. The reason I thought to record this particular episode, which is going to be about bullying, but not just bullying in general, my experiences with bullying as a child and as a teenager in particular. The reason it came up is because, and I knew it was only a matter of time before this happened, um, one of my clients he is starting high school soon and he's starting high school where I went to high school and I haven't been back there since I was about 16 years old I think the last time I went to that high school it was during a play I I accompanied my uh, childhood best friend shout out to her because she's going to come up a lot in this recording um I accompanied her to like a play sports and I think that was the last time I ever went to that school. Um, Oh my gosh. 
I didn't realize this was going to be so difficult to talk about. I mean, I should have known. Anyway, so my client is starting that school and my client has a lot of um, issues intellectually. And so his mom asked me, since her English is very limited, pretty much non-existent. She was like, can you go with me to the school to advocate for the client and see if we can negotiate any kind of special arrangements for him? So I immediately was just like, oh, I have to go back there. I haven't been back there in so long. And I knew as soon as I started working at this job that there was going to be a good chance that I was going to end up in that school for one reason or another. And you think to yourself, why does that even matter, you going back there? Flashbacks are a real thing. There's still certain places that I walk by certain areas that I walk by that um, spark certain memories, certain negative ones. So not to dive into my upbringing because that's the one part that I probably will be more reserved about on here. Although I know on that episode about toxic relationships, I did discuss it a little bit. But my upbringing wasn't very pleasant. My parents' relationship was very dysfunctional. Um, Extremely dysfunctional. And it continues to be dysfunctional. Nothing has changed. My parents should have divorced years ago. But they didn't. I'm sure they both had their reasons for not wanting to. My parents at different times have been toxic toward me. So growing up in that environment, I was very depressed and very lonely because it was just me. I have half sisters on my dad's side, one in Cuba that I've never met from one relationship my dad was in, two that live here from another relationship that my dad had, and then me with my mom. But unfortunately, because of a variety of different issues, um, I don't have a close relationship with my sisters. I would love to. I would like nothing more than that. But I don't think that's where they're at. And they have their reasons. And I know they don't blame me for their reasons. I know that their reasons have everything to do with my dad and the way they feel about him and not the way they feel about me. Because they don't even know me, really. And I'm the youngest, so it's not like I did anything. I was just kind of born into a situation. And they know that, but they have, you know... Certain reservations about being close to me because of my involvement with my dad. Um, It makes me sad, but at the end of the day, they weren't raised with me. And so they don't have that um, 
They don't have that innate desire to want to be close to me. Either way, I wish them all of the happiness and all of the love. And they're still my sisters. And if they ever needed anything, I would be there in a heartbeat. And I support them in their journey and respect that they have their reasons to feel the way they do. All that to say, I was an only child, a depressed child, going through these feelings on my own. And I can trace my depression as far back as 10 years old. And the reason I can do that is because my best friend at the time um, passed away. And there will be an episode about that at some point. Not now. Um, but she reflected back to me. I remember she said, I remember you at 10 years old being depressed and not being happy with your life. And so I carried that depression around with me. Um, I was always a very sensitive girl. I was always very soft hearted. I've always been a healer. I've always wanted to help heal people. I've always wanted to be a shoulder for everyone to cry on. I've always wanted to be that person. So this right here that y'all are seeing ain't new. So I had a group of friends in middle school that I was very close with. Um, I had my two childhood best friends. And then I had another best friend that um, became my best friend in seventh grade. So it was the three of them that I was closest to. They know who they are. And one of them is no longer with us. But I pray that in spirit, she recognizes how important she is. And always will be to me. Um, And I know that while she was here, I conveyed that several times. Um, More than several times. Just have to remind myself that I did in fact convey that. Anyway, um, trailing off. So I had three best friends. Um, Out of the three, like I said, one passed away. Two of them I'm still close with today. One of them lives about two hours away so I don't get to see her as much as I would like Um, but whenever she's in town we make time to see each other and we reach out to one another once in a while and we are always able to sort of just pick up where we left off and the other one I see pretty regularly and chit chat with pretty regularly keep in touch with pretty regularly So it was those three girls, but I also had another group of friends that people at the time referred to as the rocker kids. Um, So I had another group of friends and it was three of them that I was pretty close to, a girl and two boys. 
the boy, one of the boys I have known since kindergarten. And I'm not going to be saying anybody's name on here because at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, I have nothing but love for all of them. I wish them every happiness. And I'm not just saying that to be nice, to be political. I truly, truly mean it. I am not that person that wants people to suffer. I want people to rise above and to thrive. And now as a therapist, I'm able to look back and understand that these kids were struggling with their own issues didn't know how to cope with that poor coping tools difficult upbringings a variety of other things at play that contributed to why they did what they did to me I get it now of course at the time that message didn't cut through but now in retrospect I'm able to see it as a professional as a person who's fully immersed herself in this profession So I have forgiven them. They've all apologized. And all is well. But this is my experience. And I I do need to talk about it. Because I think that it will be healing for me. I've never really talked about it. There's a lot of people that don't really know about it. Um, My childhood best friend knows about it because she was there. But beyond that, not many people really know the details. Um, My best friend in D.C. knows a lot about it. My boyfriend knows a little bit about it. But for the most part, people don't really know a lot about it. And so it's something I want to talk about because it directly contributes to everything it directly contributes to me having dropped out of high school which I know I discussed at some point earlier on in this podcast I'm a high school dropout with a master's degree so anyway I had this group of friends the rocker kids and there was one girl in particular out of that circle that I got very, very close to. She was coming over my house. I was going to her house. Very pretty girl. Um, we were hanging out all the time. And I remember my mom telling me, I don't like your friend. And I remember being defensive, of course. 14-year-old has a friend and parent doesn't approve. And of course, you're going to get defensive. So I was like, what's wrong with her? You know, I don't know. I just don't like her. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm going to keep it 100. My mom, she could be a little judgy. Okay. Love you, mom. But my mom has never said that ever again about any, any other person. In all fairness, she never said that again about anybody else after the fact. She's never said, I don't like this person ever again she may have commented and said like oh well maybe this maybe that I don't really think this is very good or this is very but she straight up was like I don't like this chick and I'm just like what's wrong with her 
And my mom was like, she has the devil in her eyes. And I'm like, oh my God, come on, you know, come on. How bad could this person be? So I would go to school and then my, my circle of my childhood friends, um, with the exception of the one who passed away, the one who passed away was pretty neutral about it. But the other two were like, uh, we agree with your mom. We don't like her either. And I'm just like, yo, but what's wrong with her? Like, I don't understand. Like she's, she's nice, you know? So I got closer and closer with this girl and started learning a lot about her and she had a lot of darkness to her. Um, I'm not going to put her personal business out there because that is not what this is about, but she had a lot of issues, a lot of darkness. She had a lot of anger, a lot of rage. Um, And I think that for her, she just channeled her depression differently than I channeled mine. She channeled her depression differently. Um, she channeled it through anger and irritability. And I was more sad and emotional, depressed, depressive, angsty, (laughs) if you will. Um, and so I remember just wanting to help her and wanting to be there for her. And I remember just wanting to be a support for her and wanting to be a light in her life because I felt like she really needed it. But I also felt like her darkness was dragging me down. And I also think that she wasn't able to tolerate my depression either. I think that I internalized her depression made it my own and obviously that's not healthy and I think to a certain extent she did the same with me only because she was more prone to irritability and anger it came out that way so it always just felt like a burden to her when I would turn to her whereas when she would turn to me I would just become a puddle and not really know how to handle it because I was so enmeshed with her. So I'm not criticizing her because we were two depressed young teenage girls that were incredibly misunderstood and were not receiving the help that we needed so desperately. And we were together and we neither one of us was doing good for the other we wanted to those were the intentions but it just wasn't happening in that way and this girl that I'm talking about she does acknowledge and I and I give her full props for that she does acknowledge that she was very dark at the time that she was very angry that she was very irritable she sees that about herself and um and I hope that she has found it in herself to forgive that part of herself and to understand and have compassion with that part of herself who was struggling and just didn't know how to deal with that. So all that to say, um, this is going to be a long episode anyway. So her and I were 
friends, best friends. My other friends were not having it. My mom wasn't having it. My extended family members weren't having it when they met her. I don't even know why. Like, if you see this girl, she was like a cute little harmless looking girl. Like, pretty, harmless. (laughs) I wasn't sure why what everyone else was seeing that I just didn't see. The thing is that I read it differently than everyone else. Everyone read her darkness as malice and evil, whereas I saw it as a suffering person. I saw it as someone that needed help. I saw it as she needs compassion. It's not evil. She needs help. That's how I read it. Because I saw the darkness too, but I just didn't interpret it the way that my family and my friends interpreted it. So all that to say, (laughs) um, she and I had a falling out. You kill me, and I don't remember exactly what happened that led to the falling out. I remember somebody, some miscellaneous person, telling me she's talking smack about you behind your back. And she's laying all your problems out there. And she's telling everybody everything about you. And then I remember one time going to... Um, Sunset Place with her and two of her friends and I think maybe her cousin I'm not 100% sure if her cousin was there Um, and then one of the boys that I was close to for a long time and I remember two of her friends basically telling me She really secretly hates you and she talks smack about you all the time and all this other stuff. So I confronted her. And I don't remember her responding, but I remember him responding and him saying, I'm the one that has an issue with you and I don't care if you live or die. And that was actually in the bottom of it was in the first floor at Sunset Place when you go down that escalator um, close to okay the second floor has that bowling alley I think at Sunset Place I'm not entirely sure does it gosh I don't, I don't exactly remember. I just know it was downstairs. I think it was in front of like the, the Hollister, like near there. Cause I think there's a Hollister there. He just said, I don't care if you live or die. And I don't know why that affected me so much. I think it's because I had known him since kindergarten. I had like a little crush on him too. And he was one of my closest friends. And I was like, where is this even coming from? I thought him and I were okay. And then all of a sudden he was angry with me and I didn't know why. And I just cried. I just remember crying. I just remember not saying anything about it and just crying. And um, I was still in middle school while all of this was going on. But then all of this 
drama, if you will, went over to high school as well. So it literally was like a Mean Girls movie. I can't make this shit up. It was terrible. Um, I went to high school and of the three girls that I mentioned that were my childhood besties, one of them did not go to that high school, but two of them did. One of them that did go to that high school was um, the one that passed. And so those two girls, shout out to them, had my back the entire time. Um, and there's no um, there's no amount of gratitude that will ever be sufficient because it really um, was a difficult time in my life. So I was going through my home dysfunction and all of that, you know, the issues between me and my dad and the way he spoke to me and the verbal abuse, whatever. Cut to a girl I thought was my friend, wasn't my friend, and a guy that I'd known since kindergarten took her side in the whole thing. To this date, they're still really close friends, which I'm actually glad about, um, honestly. Um, and I know it's really hard to hear all of this and maybe you're on the other end thinking she has to hold a grudge or she has to still be mad about it. I'm not mad about it. Um, I don't hold a grudge. I want to make that impeccably clear, but it is something that did affect me tremendously. And it was during my formative years and it was just so impacting in every way and it definitely followed me it haunted me and I've I've healed so much since but um it's definitely something that um still comes up a lot in my relationships I've noticed and I'll I'll go into why that is in a minute um So, where was I? Losing my train of thought everywhere. So, I lost them. The drama went over to high school. Um, I briefly I briefly recall an emotional outburst I had in middle school before all of this. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I like lost my shit. It was, it was awesome. I, um, I lost my shit. Nothing happened. Mind you, there was no, um, event that took place that day. No bullying of any kind. No, nothing. I just saw them in a group talking and looking over at me. And that was enough. I fucking lost my shit. Crazy ass bitch over here too. Because, I mean, they really weren't doing nothing. So I lost my shit. I threw my book bag at a girl. And I just started screaming at the top of my lungs. Saying, like, fuck you guys. I hope you burn in hell. Oh, my God. I have never said that again to anybody. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But I think back to that moment. And I'm like, man, like, I haven't flipped out that much in my life. I've, like, I can count on one hand the amount of times I flipped out and, um, 
32 years. So I flipped out. Anyway, um, cut to high school. The drama went to high school. So they had their little crew of friends and they were pretty much indoctrinating. Sorry, guys, if you're listening to this, but that's what you did. Indoctrinating these friends that they had pretty much telling them like, hey, this is the girl we hate. You got to hate her too. Mind you, I never did nothing to them. Okay. And they know this. Nothing. They cannot say Olivia was a bitch to me. She fucked me over. She did that. They can't say that because it wouldn't be true. The only thing I did was be extremely vulnerable and depressed in their presence. And they were unable to tolerate it, which is fine, which is fair. But I think I would have much rather them just say like, hey, Oli, listen, I don't know how to tolerate what you're going through. Um, and I think I'm just going to need to keep my distance from you. But it went beyond that. It took an evil, nasty, ugly turn. And I'll get there. So it, it got to the point where they all enjoyed it. They enjoyed making me miserable. They enjoyed seeing me cry. They would find ways to make me cry. They actually had a plan. Like, our plan is for this girl to leave the school. Let's see how quick we can make her leave. So, think about it this way. Put yourself in my shoes. You have people that you love that at one point or another may or may not have had feelings for you, may or may not have loved you in some capacity. And you share your life with them. You tell them about your home. You tell them about your suffering, about your sadness. And they use it against you because they didn't even make fun of me that much physically. I mean, they did. I remember the names they would call me. Um, They would call me an ogre they would call me fat I mean I wasn't even fat back then um anyway they would call me all sorts of names but it was the emphasis was never really on my physicality it was how do we make her cry today it became a fun thing for them to do because I never stood up for myself. I never stood up to them. I never confronted them. I was never like, why y'all doing this to me? This is some bullshit. Fuck you. I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna punch you. Like that never happened. I would just sit there and be a puddle of tears, right? So... These were people that were angry. The guy that I'm telling you about also had a lot of anger, a lot of rage, which I'm pretty sure that anger and that rage is what connected him and this girl that I told you guys about. So it was a whole little group of them and they were pretty much like, you see that girl over there? We're going to make her miserable. And that's sure enough what they did. Um, They tried to pay somebody $50 to break me up with the boyfriend I had at the time. Um, Eventually, the boyfriend broke up with me after four months of being with me because he was pretty much like, I can't deal with you crying every single day over these bullies. 
this is too much work. I'm only 15. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it was fucking hurtful. It was painful. It was miserable. And then he started dating one of them. Which was the best part. It was the fucking icing on top of the cake. He started dating one of them. Which, I mean, she was my friend too. But she was more their friend. And they kind of put her up to it. And she kind of liked him anyway. So then he started dating her. It was a whole fucking thing. Oh my god. El drama that happened internally when I saw them kiss for the first time. Oh my god. That was the day I decided to bounce. That was the day I decided to leave the school. Oh my god, I forgot that that was the day I decided to leave the school. That was the day I decided to bounce. Anyway, they tried to pay some girl 50 bucks to break us up. The girl turned it down. She was like, you guys are putting in a lot of work to make someone miserable that really hasn't done anything to you, bro. (laughs) Um... And, um, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was, it was bad. It was bad. Um, and truthfully, I just don't know how I'm going to feel going back to the school as an adult. If I'm going to have any memories come back to me at all. Um, I worry about that because I feel like I've repressed a lot from those moments but anyway um i'm going to give you um a real look inside to what i was up against <clears throat> so one day my best friend the one who passed away went looking through this chick's book bag the one that was bullying me. Because, you know, my friend who passed away, she gave zero fucks. So she went looking through her book bag. Um, and in that book bag, she found a picture of me at the dinner table with both my parents. And... Um, Um, and two of my best friends, my best friend who passed away was not in the photo because they didn't hate her, but they hated the other two because the other two were a lot more vocal about, um, what was being done to me. My best friend who passed, she stood up for me a lot, but she was more Switzerland. Um, she just kind of stayed out of it a little bit when she saw that they were getting really vicious she'd step in and she would say something um so the friends were sitting there with me in the photo that she drew and in the photo that she drew she was describing my life and was she drew my dad with like bubbles over his head Verbally abusing me. She had been to my house plenty. She saw a lot go on here. My dad did not care who was present when he needed to say what he needed to say. 
And of course, beyond that, I would talk to her about it as well. So this is a girl who came to my house, saw the pain I was in, witnessed what I went through, and drew a picture about it as a mockery. So that was pretty much the final straw. Then there were rumors circling around that they were trying to cause me some kind of bodily harm. They were trying to stab me. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Honestly, I don't remember. Um, So that was pretty much one of the final straws. My mom went came to the school we talked to the school counselor nothing was done I'm being honest nothing was done the bullying continued after that nothing was done so it continued and continued and every day I would cry and every day my childhood best friends would intervene and say something and My more feisty childhood bestie. She's listening. She knows who she is. Um, She would get in their faces. She'd be like, I'm going to whoop your ass. You don't fuck with my best friend. God bless her for that. Because I needed that voice. I needed that voice so badly. Like, ugh. She has no idea how I needed that voice. I've never been that type to assert myself. Even to date... I struggle with assertiveness. I'm still super nice, have a hard time saying no. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, um, I think the reason that this affected me as much as it has is because These people saw me at my most vulnerable and exploited it. And I always have fears about opening up to people and then the same thing happening again. And I've made so many amazing friends in my life. So many wonderful friends that have seen me cry, that have seen me suffer. And I'm emotional. And that have never once used any of it against me. And if there's anything I've learned, although I've always been this way, to be honest, I will never use against people their pain or their suffering. If we have a falling out tomorrow and we're no longer friends... I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to want you to be happy. I'm going to want you to overcome whatever it is that I know you struggled with. And I remember my best friend who passed away, um, not to delve too deeply into that particular topic, 
because then I'll really get emotional. But um, just before, um, just before the new year in 2013, I want to say, or 2012, I don't remember the exact year. I would have to go back into El Baúl de los Recuerdos, basically. Um, she got mad at me because I set a boundary with her. And I pretty much told her, it's me or it's the drugs. It's our friendship or it's the drugs. That was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because um, I really loved her. A lot. And of course, she was real in it, you know? She was real in her lifestyle, and she got upset with me. and Pretty much was like, fine, you want to be done, we're done. But even when she said that, she still wrote something encouraging at the end. And was still like, I really hope that you're able to overcome any of the issues that you're facing that have held you back and I hope that when I hear about you again I hear about how you've risen above any and all of your problems that you've overcome and I'm just like it takes a very special person shout out to her To be upset and disappointed with you and in you, even though I know her and I know if she was alive right now, she would tell me that I did the right thing. I know her so well that I know that she would tell me that I did that I did the right thing. But that's not the point. She was in it. She was in it and I was harboring so much resentment toward her at this point it wasn't healthy for her or for me and she still said I hope that you overcome everything I hope you find happiness and that's me too I just want everyone to be happy including all these people that I'm talking about because like I said earlier I think they were really struggling And I think I was just an easy target. So, anyway, I had the boyfriend. He was like my first real boyfriend. Because I had a boyfriend at like 13 that I didn't even like. But I just wanted to get one because my bestie had one and I wanted one too. So this was the first boyfriend I actually had that I actually liked. And I was so excited about him. And I thought he was so cute. And he broke up with me after four months and was like, I'm sorry, but I can't deal with you crying all the time about this. You know, at first he was like, okay, I'm sorry you're going through through this. This sucks. But after a while, he's like, you're you're a puddle. I can't deal. I'm 15. Fair enough. But then he moved on with one of their friends, which was their favorite part they were loving that and so when I saw them kiss I was done done I'm like I'm done with this school 
and it was almost the end of the fucking year, which is the crazy shit. And I told my mom, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to be in this school anymore. I need to go. Oh, and I forgot to mention that they also came to my house to harass me too. No, no, no. Okay. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. They literally knocked on my door, rang my doorbell and brought two chicks here. I remember you two chicks. I remember both of you. And I swear to God, as much as like, I want to see them with positive eyes, these two random ass chicks, I can't because why would you partake in that? You know what I mean? They literally came, knocked on my door, sent these two random chicks and the two random chicks were like, we just wanted to meet you to see who you were. For real? What you want to see? The fuck you want to see? I don't get it. What, what you want to see? Mm, my God. Anyway. Yeah. That that day was fun, though. That day was a lot of fun because they all rolled up to my house, right? And that girl, the bully, I don't, I don't want to... I'm going to have to make up a name for her because I don't want to refer to her as the bully because I feel like that's rude. It's not rude, though. She was a fucking bully. I need to get over it. I need to learn to be mean. She was a fucking bully. (laughs) Um, The bully's cousin was hiding behind the door. So that bitch thought I couldn't see her. Homegirl, I saw you. Okay, I saw you. So, of course, when they fucking came knocking on my door and said some shit to me and fucking left, I'm a puddle again and I'm in tears. And my mom's like, ¿Qué pasó? And I'm like these chicks came to the door my mom grabbed the van because back then we had a motherfucking van oh these are the days that i miss my mom being able to walk oh my gosh she grabbed the van followed these girls and almost ran them over with the fucking van oh my god it was so bad she pulled over in front of them and was like listen to me you leave my daughter the fuck alone. Oh my God, it was so bad. Baya, I can't, I can't make this shit up. I'm telling you, LJ was a fucking telenovela. It was like, who's on Olivia's side and who's on their side? It was like super, like, super crazy. Um, and they had, a, they had quite a few people on their side. They had a whole, they had a whole crew like a little like a little gang and shit (laughs) but I had my own little gang too all right so it's all good um anyway like I said I wanted to talk about this because this was an important part of my life because I left the school and then I went to another school and I just was never in it. My heart just wasn't in it. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing the work. I was just going to school and taking up space. Falling asleep in class when possible. And so a lot of the time I would just stay home. I would just tell my mom I wasn't feeling up to it. I wasn't feeling well. And I would stay home and sleep. Finally, it became a truancy issue. 
And the principal was pretty much forced to call me and my mother in to the office. And he was like, your daughter has a ton of absences. I don't know if you're aware of this. Unexcused absences. Um, You guys can, you know, fight to get back into the school. To get her back in. Or she can stay withdrawn. Because they withdrew me. I didn't drop out willingly. They withdrew me. Because I had so many absences. I didn't even know that they could do that. I don't think they could do that nowadays. Can they? Can they just fucking withdraw you nowadays? I don't know. Somebody, one of my listeners, please educate me. Um, I'm laying down. So you could probably hear me moving around. Um... Oh my gosh. Where was I? I lost my train of thought. Oh, so anyway, they withdrew me because of all my absences and were pretty much like, there are certain things you can do to get back in or you can stay withdrawn. And I just told my mom, please leave me withdrawn. I do not want to do this. And so that's it. I dropped out. And, you know, God bless my mom because my mom, she really didn't know what to do. Those were some difficult times in my life. I was suffering a lot. I was crying all the time. I was lethargic. I was in bed a lot. I didn't want to do anything. I had zero motivation. I had no direction. And my mom was scared to push me to go to school because of how depressed I was. She was terrified to push me. And so I dropped out. But this bitch right here has a master's degree now. So how about that? Oh, and when they found out I dropped out, they were loving that too. Heard it through the grapevine. They were convinced, because I also heard this through the grapevine. They were convinced that I would never amount to anything. That I would just let my depression just run my whole life and keep me from achieving goals and dreams. Hmm. Well, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Well, hashtag sorry, not sorry, because I sure as fuck did accomplish a lot. It took me a long time. I had to do a lot of shit that a lot of people my age did not have to do. So I was 16 when I dropped out. I took a year off to do absolutely nothing, to just focus on myself, my depression. I went to therapy a little bit. I hung out with friends. I literally just did nothing for a year and it was the best. I needed that. I needed to just take a break. And then I went to Miami-Dade and well first of all I got a GED so let's go in order I got a GED then I went to Miami Dade and I was like what do I need to do to start school here they were like you need to take a couple of placement exams to see where you are as far as you know your English skills and your math skills see where you land so obviously my English skills were pretty good I'm a pretty good writer um 
good speller, good grammar, good at reading comprehension and all that. So I had no issues in that department. Math, however, um, was not the same story. So I started from the bottom, like the first or the second remedial math class. Um, I failed it like twice before I passed it. It took me like four years just to get an associate's degree. It took me like another four just to get a bachelor's. And, um, cause you know, I had to do all the classes that I didn't do in high school. I had to make all that stuff up. And then I took about a year and a half off and went back to school, went to grad school. And now I have a master's degree in mental health counseling. And I'm about to be licensed in the state of Florida. So, yeah. I uh, used my pain as fuel to be a person that can help others. I used my pain as fuel to be that person for people that I did not have during those moments of my life. And I see a lot of kids and teens nowadays that are pretty severely bullied. Um, And it's really hard not to think about my experience with bullying. It happens all too often. It happens to any kind of kid. Regardless of shape, size, doesn't matter. Boy, girl, it doesn't matter. It can happen to anyone. And it is so important to educate our kids and just teach our children empathy. Anyway, I just got a notification that I have to wrap up this episode, but I really appreciate y'all going on this journey with me. It means the world to me. This was a very difficult episode for me to record, but I really wanted to um, get this out there and start the healing process. And I'm going to go back to that school and I'm going to be okay because I'm no longer that helpless 14 year old girl. I'm a grown-ass woman now. And I'm kicking ass and taking names. With that said, until next time.